you're really scum, but let's have a conversation. Welcome to This Week in Common Sense, starring Paul Jacob. My name is Timothy Verkula, and we're going to go through the big stories of the week that have appeared at thisiscommonsense.org. The pieces starting on November 6th are of stop gaps and ladders. On Tuesday, it's Preparation HH Hornswoggle. November 8th is Why the Banks Are Failing Us. It's not an exhaustive explanation, but it is an interesting point. 12-point play is what appears on November 9th, and today, Friday the 10th, November 10th, 2023, is Domination by Pseudo-Experts. We had an election here in Virginia this, uh, this year, our legislature, and there was some hope among Republicans that Republicans could take the Senate and that would give them the Senate, the House, and Yunkin, and that it might launch Yunkin. I think Yunkin's been a pretty good governor. Uh, I, I like him so far. And and so I think he would have been a, a good candidate. But as we'll get to later, the political field is such, and the whole dynamic is such that, uh, you know, he's not, he's not going to go anywhere. And there's only, I think, a couple of people who have any shot, and it requires lots of pretty big changes to Mr. Trump or, or just to the nature of what's going on in, in the country and in, and in our politics. But anyway, um, we had an election and the Democrats took the house, uh, not by a lot, but they, you know, there was, there were seats won and they weren't won, won by Republicans. They were won by Democrats. And uh, I'm in an area that used to be pretty solidly Republican uh, and then became pretty competitive. And lately, I've kind of seen campaigns that I thought were going to be competitive. And it's just the the numbers are are uh, are there for Democrats, and they get them out, and they you know they they win. So it's uh, in Northern Virginia, which is is DC suburbs, the federal government. You know, this is the these these congressional districts around Washington in in maryland in virginia uh these are pro-federal government congressional districts and they have grown and gotten bigger and bigger and not only are they big and do they control uh these congressional districts but they control the state of maryland and they control the state of virginia and so that's that's a few more congressional districts and electoral votes and so on increasingly not that they completely dictate everything but the fact that those that that dc has grown uh is why democrats win in virginia now instead of republicans now vivek rabaswamy the debate was held was i think wednesday uh he complained that the republican national chair should resign basically just said that she's been a disaster that they've lost every major election in the last several years and none of the things that republicans expected happened None of the good things happened. Where we are kind of in the in the dynamics of who won by how many points and why and what were the issues and who moves what voters, um, it, it is pretty simple. And, and that is that Republicans have had something of an edge in polling because Biden is viewed incredibly weakly. Well, that's probably not the right way to say that, but people view him as weak. 
and a lot of people, big numbers, and independents do, Republicans do, even lots of Democrats and lots of young people uh, are concerned that he's he doesn't have it, you know, largely because he doesn't have it. Uh, and of course, I'm thinking even if he has it, he says he says you're kind of a rotten human being. That I'm I'm not sure that 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 a cognizant Joe Biden is better than one that's not quite. Um, but but anyway, you slice it, that has helped Republicans. The more people listen to Democrats helps Republicans, but Republicans have a problem. And that problem is one, when they listen to Republicans, they like Democrats more, and also abortion. And you can, as a as a Republican, you can say, well, that abortion issue is killing us. But that issue helped Republicans year after year after year after year after year for what 40 years or something uh because the aggrieved party was the pro-life side and now even though you know i think in most places there's you know you hear different things about the law but i think i think not as much has changed as the television sets might be suggesting has changed out there but it's an issue where democrats instead of being nanny staters are all of a sudden in favor of individual autonomy, <clears throat> you know, forget about the pandemic and then being forced to, you know, be vaccinated and to vaccinate your two second year old because, uh, you know, who knows, big pharma needs another, another payday. Um, but they've, they basically don't often have pro freedom, talking points and messaging and they do and a lot of people care about that issue it's it's where government affects them in some way that they can personalize and it's powerful so um that is that it, it's going to be a drag and and i think the question is only how long is it a drag and of course what could republicans do well they could come up with some issues of their own that maybe matter to some people. Um, and and that seems to me to be the only way to, to beat that issue. It's you also could be, you know, more reasonable, more, you know, although certain things that somebody says is reasonable might turn out. No, that's you've just lost a lot of, of your base. So but there are ways, I think, that that they could you know work on the, the issue one kind of get people on the same page but that requires a lot of organizing and a lot of talking and listening and all that kind of stuff and that doesn't happen overnight um so what can happen even quicker is you come up with some other ideas that people like and then you know you're still going to get undercut by the fact that you have an, a, a position on abortion that's going to be amplified by the media that is that is a losing position you know you get less than 50 percent to vote your way now, one might think that uh, Republicans could emphasize the federalist aspect of the abortion issue and say, you Democrats in your Californias and Maryland's and places like that, you get to have your abortions. And we Republicans in other states, we don't get to have our abortions because we think it's murder. Uh, and they could actually maybe carry that off. But since they're so anti-abortion, they have been not successful, I think, at, 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 the, at the abortion issue as a federalist issue. And they don't really believe in that. That was a convenient position to take. It is the more conservative position, so it kind of fit with them. 
but the second that they could toss that aside, you know, they they did. A number of politicians right away start talking about, um, you know, make, you know, doing national legislation against abortions. Yeah, Lindsey Graham, who's, right. who's never met a stupid idea he didn't love, uh, right, immediately refiled something for the federal government uh, to take over. I almost wondered at the time whether that was just not simply his way of helping the Democrats. He strikes me as someone who just on his sleeve, you can see, wants to be in Washington the rest of his life, wants to be among the <clears throat> cool kids in, in a way that none of the cool kids think is cool, but Lindsey Graham does, and other politicians, you know, kind of uh, the the uh, Washington is Hollywood for ugly people. It's, you know, it's kind of that sort of, he wants to be there forever, and he will he will kiss Trump's ring and then he'll slap Trump and then he'll kiss his ring again. And then he'll, he'll do whatever he's got to do. And that's, you know, when you think about it, you think about how uh, Mitt Romney is lionized. And I, I never, I've never been a Mitt Romney hater or anything. You know, he seems, he always, he never seemed like someone I wanted to vote for, but that if I had a company, I needed someone to run, he might be a good guy to, to bring in and let's talk about doing that. Because he seems like bright and and capable, and he's got energy and so on. Um, but you know, Trump played him like I, I don't even want to say the word. In the I mean, it's like I, he just looked like a I'll do whatever you want, Trump, because you won. And then Trump's like, no, I don't want him to. I think they were talking about him being AG or something. But it was like he looked foolish. However. Which is sad. Um, and, you know, give everybody makes a mistake here and there, or maybe looks foolish. It's not the end of the world, but he looked really bad, I thought. However, that will never be brought up again by the media because they hate Trump so much that, of course, if, if anything happened to heaven forbid, let's hope it doesn't. But, you know, Mitt Romney is, you, you think about how some people, when they die, it's like, oh, oh gosh, they were wonderful. And then some people, it's like, yeah but they weren't really that good. <laughs> and if you notice, and you put them on separate, you draw a line down the piece of paper and you put it on separate sides, one side's going to be liberals and Democrats, and they're wonderful people. And then the other side is Republicans and, and conservatives. It's like, it's like I noticed years ago that, that if it's a conservative measure, they talk about ballot measure, I'm thinking, they, they talk about the money. Who's giving money? Who would do something like that and you know it's all that sort of and they don't do the same thing on the on the the liberal side why would you question the money it's a good thing and that's that's the lens the media lens it is so jaundiced that it's you know that we live in the world we live in now and i i really think i blame the fourth estate more than anyone else because their job is on the front lines of providing information and they have been co-opted. They have been taken over. Um, maybe it's all by fools. So I'm not, I'm not even alleging a conspiracy. Maybe you're all just incredibly incompetent in the same direction, but, but the narrative media is uh, it's a, it's a huge problem. I'm not sure how I got all the way to, to the media, because I don't know that we really have a piece that hits the media, but we will at the at the end. The the uh, 
Yes. The domination by pseudo experts is uh, is is how we close the week. But we started talking about politics, and there's two pieces this week: uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays. Twelve point play is about Biden's popularity or lack thereof. And not just that, but Trump's unpopularity. That's the interesting thing about it. It it turns out this latest poll, uh, if you say we're not going to have Biden run against the uh, the Republicans, it's going to be another Democrat. We don't know who, unnamed Democrat. The Democrats' support goes up 12 percentage points. 12 percentage points. Now, realize this. An unnamed Democrat is probably more popular than almost every Democrat in the country. And if you're a Republican and you're thinking, oh, this is good. No, (laughs) it's the same among Republicans that an unnamed Republican is almost more popular than every named Republican you can think of. I'm sure there's a couple of cases where that wouldn't be so almost always. But 12 percentage points, that's huge. And here's the dirty little secret, which is it's the same 12 with Mr. Trump. If you take Trump out, then the Republicans gain 12 percentage points against Biden. Now, if you took both Biden and Trump out, then it's a it's a new sort of thing. And uh, and what can you do? But but uh you, you wouldn't know when it'd be hard to poll because it would depend on who that Democrat and who that Republican were. But it's interesting to me that uh, that's a huge percentage to to lose. And these are both people who've been elected president. So these people have gotten millions of votes, but clearly people do not want them to be their, their you know, the Republicans seem to want Trump to be the nominee. And Democrats kind of sort of want Biden to be the nominee because they're stuck, because they don't want the other guy. And that's how we got Biden in the first place. And that's how we got Trump in the first place. Nobody wanted Hillary Clinton. And look, this is is, is fairly sane reasoning. (laughs) We don't want Hillary Clinton. Who is going to argue with that? And then after four years of Trump, it was, hey, we don't want any more Trump. You know, I didn't want Biden, but I. I kind of understand the reasoning there, too. And now four years of Biden, we don't want any more Biden. I think the American people, they get it constantly. But look at the choice we have. Look at the choice we have. And it's and and there's a lot of different reforms out there. But it's hard to see any of them from my beloved term limits to anything else you can think of that is going to quickly change that or that could be done or that could be thought about. And and I, I had a conversation with somebody uh, uh, just earlier today, talking about how how many parts of our society it's like no one ever pays attention. Uh, and I've written some about this at Common Sense. Um, this is CommonSense.org, um, and that is that we have a Supreme Court that the number of justices aren't even in the Constitution. There's nothing in the Constitution. Congress could any day change that the president could could say yes oh now we've quadrupled the number i'm appointing all the new ones they all get passed by a 51 percent and uh, we live in a totally different court because of one election um you know we have a filibuster in the senate 
which is just in the Senate rules. There's no law. There's no there's no constitutional provision that can be changed at any time that the majority party wants to change it. And it's things like that that I think there's no we're not we don't take care of business. And you can understand the politicians. They just want to get reelected. Why doesn't the media pay any attention to that? Are they trying to get reelected? Is that what it is? I mean, what what is it? Why why don't they ever go? But wait a second, we've had all this fight over packing the court and stuff. Isn't somebody going to suggest seriously that we reform this to where it's a better system? And and couldn't that be driven from outside of Congress if it's all the politicians' problem? But it's it's not. It's that we've all been sucked in. Not all. I shouldn't say it that way. Many people have been sucked into this game. And it's 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 it just keeps having worse and worse outcomes. And it's like it, it it's not a matter of, geez, I wish the American people would vote right. They do. But it's it's like your choice is bad and really bad and a lot worse. And oh, my goodness. Speaking of Americans voting right, uh, there was a case this week of voting on an issue rather than voting on people, which is actually an, it's an interesting contrast how people vote differently on, on based on issues and people and alliances and so forth. But what happened with uh, Preparation HH? Hornswoggle. That's my favorite title. Uh, as we came on tonight, I was telling Tim that was my favorite title of the week. Uh, Preparation HH Hornswoggle. That's because Proposition HH in Colorado, <laughs> excuse me, in Colorado, was on the ballot. Uh, this is part of the Tabor Taxpayer Bill of Rights. They passed it back in 1992. Politicians have gone to court and said that their rights as politicians have been denied because they can't pass tax increases without having to go to the voters to ask, "Is it okay if we raise your taxes?" And oftentimes the voters say, no, here was one of many cases. And if you go to this is commonsense.org and you go to preparation HH Hornswoggle, I think if you if you search for Hornswoggle, we don't use it that much. Double H. I mean, you got to be able to find this even in our rotten. Sometimes we complain about our search search engine. You'll find this one. It's actually. uh, uh, And of course, it was this week. So you can scroll this election was not about raising taxes alone or giving back money alone. It was about tax relief. That's how the ballot title started out. And of course, this was put on by the legislature. Um, But there are links in this piece so you can go back and see at at Ballotpedia. uh, You can go back and see every vote that Tabor has required since 1992. And they've tried to get around things, and it allows the legislature. This was thoughtful legislation. It basically says government can't grow more than population increase plus inflation. Natural growth, if you get more money than that because the economy is doing well, you've got to send it back to the taxpayers, or you've got to ask the taxpayers, hey, can we keep this? We got this idea and that idea. Do you mind? And turns out, sometimes the voters don't. And turns out sometimes they do. And isn't that the way it's supposed to be? But of course, they've sued. (laughs) A bunch of politicians got together and sued, saying this destroyed a Republican form of government because somehow legislators didn't have the power to tax without having to go ask these pesky voters about it. 
Well, this particular measure starts out by saying it's tax relief, property tax reliefs, which has gone, price of housing's gone up in, in Colorado and so have the property taxes. And so it's hurting people and, and they want to give relief. So it talked about relief and even talked about relief for seniors. So they even got to mention a particular group. If you're a senior, vote yes right now. That's what the ballot title was about. And then it mentioned that that there could be uh, a way that the legislature could keep future proceeds or whatever. But it was worded. You can go. We've got links to it all. You could see. Worded very funny. But there was a campaign against it. And by golly, they had to hold a vote. And sometimes when people vote, they vote in ways, lots of times, <laughs> that I don't like. But I'd sure rather they have to get the votes. And it doesn't mean democracy is some magic elixir that makes everything wonderful. But by golly, 61% of the people in Colorado said no. And what they tried to do was basically give a tiny little bit of property tax relief right now for the ability for a dozen years to take the money that comes in over and above the caps and instead of giving it back to the people or asking the people, can we keep it? They could just keep it. And so it was a huge tax increase, but it was hidden because they're not honest people who say, hey, Let's let me explain it to you. I work for you. And so I have a responsibility as a decent human being, even though I am a politician, I do have that same responsibility. And so I'm going to explain it to you as my boss. Here's what happens. No, they're going to try to trick us. And it's it's a good sign that you've got a lack of accountability when every time you turn around, you see the sort of crap that they pull. And uh, luckily, there was enough resources out there. Uh, and think about it. A lot of times when they're spending this money, how did they get the resources for their campaign? Well, the people who are going to get some of that money that's being spent, they'll pony up. And so will others. You know, all the special interests. This is the way it works. And yet it's right out there. And I'll bet most of the liberal papers in Colorado love this idea, even though it's a, it's a just out front scam. But the voters saw it and they had the right to vote on it and the power to vote on it and they voted it down. So that was that was the good news. Uh, uh, Virginia's elections weren't that good for conservatives, nor were the other states, you know, for the most part. Uh, but on on the ballot, uh, voters of Colorado said, no, nope, we'll we'll keep getting the refund. So what was of stopgaps and ladders about? Stop gaps and ladders. That was Monday's. It, oh, our blurb oh, says this is it's no, about the looming is, federal government shutdown. Well, this is boring stuff like the the government shutting down, like which of course nobody nobody even really gets their hopes up when that's said anymore. It's <laughs> like, uh, but but uh, this is about the House under some new leadership deciding that they are going to take the appropriation bills instead of having a deadline for, I think it's all 12 or all 16 or something. Uh, am I even close to that? What was that number? Um, but they're going to do them one at a time and they're going to have different deadlines and, and, and basically, so it's a dozen, uh, but 
but basically it's it's the sort of thing that you know for some people you'd laugh and kind of think yeah well, you know that's that's progress but you got a long way to go like you are a pup in terms of how to structure things to have any financial accountability but by golly a pup is the best congress has been in like 6000 years so it's it it's, it's kind of good um and and a lot of the signs from this new republican controlled house with a new speaker uh mike johnson have been good uh other than that he's been sending me texts i don't know i get texts from everybody republican democrat everybody but but uh you know and the first couple i thought well that's nice i wonder what he's pushing but then it's like okay too many I, i'll like you more if you text me less i got on the same list i i, I never get stuff from politicians it seems like but i got and they'll be repaired. They'll be the same text with different titles. It's very odd. You know, text, my uh, my two cents is that text messages, uh, I was involved in some camp- campaigns in, in uh, uh, 22 that we we did extensive te- text messaging, spent millions text messaging, you know, all combined. And, uh, and I think it was uh, fairly effective. You know, it, it's difficult sometimes. People are, oh, this, you know, you don't know everything. But it, I, I think it was fairly effective. But I think that it's going to be far less effective this election cycle just because I, I've gotten texts for a long time because it's like I'm not avoiding these political lists. I kind of like seeing what's coming in, although <laughs> at times it's like, OK, there are real people trying to text me, too. But um, but I don't think it's going to have the same effect just because everybody I know is kind of being texted to death. So it's it is it you know years ago if you had the money you'd go buy a thousand points of TV or two thousand points or you know and and you're going to reach everybody it's just there's not going to be hardly anybody who hasn't heard your message and now it is so chopped up that it is much much tougher and more expensive to reach an audience and I misspoke I don't get texts since I don't have a cell phone uh, I got emails. But I got a lot of them from the from the new speaker, ah. uh, and that's old fashioned tech in a sense, and you know, in in, in modern sense, it's that's old fashioned modern stuff. Uh, but for common sense readers and viewers, uh, we should mention that we don't text you, but there is an email of every episode if they want to sign up for it, and they can sign up for it at thisiscommonsense.org. Yes, we have tens of thousands that still get uh, uh, the email, and uh, I get it, and and kind of. Uh... You know, I, there are certain things I like by email when I don't when my email box hasn't been overtaken by, oh, I got to do something new. Uh, but but a lot of people still get it that way. But it is it is uh, available on the Web, available by email. And you can and, click through and get a PDF. Uh, actually, I think PDFs are I almost wish we uh, publicize the PDFs more often because you can easily uh, print that out, take it, take it to the office or somewhere. Or just or Yes. Spread it around. Yes. It's uh, for yeah. us old people, by golly. I yeah, like I've... I do like the PDF because if I'm going somewhere and I'm you know I'm going to have lunch with someone, a lot of times I'll I'll uh, I could email it to them. Sure. But I like carrying something physical that that has to be in somebody's hand. So you know, like we're real beings and everything who touch things and and exactly. and not just virtual beings, but real. That's a, almost a segue to uh, why the banks are failing us because it's real human beings that. Uh, are now we're used to plastic uh 
we're used to doing things, you know, half virtually, you know, everywhere we go, most people aren't carrying cash, but there's a, there's too many people. That's quite a lot of people find themselves in weird situations, not because they don't have credit on their credit card, but because the banks have somehow uh, decided they can't have a bank account anymore. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's an amazing story in its own way. It is because you would expect that people would immediately go, now, wait a second. That's kind of a civil right to, and and then you could think, well, no, no, uh, they're private, they're private banks, they don't have to do business. But then again, you're thinking, wait a second, they're all connected to the Federal Reserve System, and uh, and oh, but that's private, or no, it's it's like, I'm not a big fan of government, but. If it's really going to be government controlled, then I'd like it to be government controlled and not farmed out to the government officials, you know, second cousin or brother or whatever. And and somehow then it's private. And although all the functions of government are being done, you know, uh, privately, therefore government can do whatever it wants and you don't have any say. And it's it's a little bit. It's not the same situation, but it's the same outcome, kind of, as as we have in social media, where you've got all this relationship and all this pressure being brought, and the government basically implementing a censorship regime through private companies, and then pretending that that's okay. And and here, it's the banks that are connected to the government in huge and obvious ways deciding that certain political beliefs, we can just cancel you out. And the idea of not having cash, and there are places like airports where oftentimes it is difficult to buy something if you don't have a credit card. There are places that say, we do not take cash. And of course, I think there's a law that says it's legal tender for all debts or something. I'm not even sure it's legal in this country. I'm not arguing whether it should be or shouldn't be. But I don't believe it's legal to say I won't take cash, but it's happening all the time. And you can understand because the ease it's it's not anti-technology that things are easy is great. But the fear of people who have power sucking us in through easy things and then all of a sudden saying, oh, there's not any cash anymore. And that's not a problem because we, the government, are very fair. And we would never, and if we made a mistake, we'd all, within a century, we would rectify it. So your great, 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 great grandchildren would be really happy about the outcome. Don't you worry. It, I mean, it's, it is the, the level of power. It's, this is what always comes back to my mind. This is the kind of person I am, maybe. But it's late at night. I'm on a highway in West Virginia, Ohio. Nobody's on the highway with me, and I start to switch lanes. And I did not use my turn signal because looking around regularly, there's no one else on the highway. But my car is trying to stop me from moving into that other lane. Now, maybe there's an easy on-off switch for that or whatever. I'm not opposed to the te that technology. I understand it. It's wonderful technology. I'm in favor of individual power and control over that technology. I'm in favor of a society in which all that powerful technology is ours to use or not use, and that we're not sitting in some 
elevator someplace that just stopped that's now saying you are going to be held here for this many hours or we're not in a car where the doors are going to lock and it's going to drive us to wherever big brother wants us to park and and people could scoff and say oh that's so silly but i urge you to read some history books and to look at what's happening in the world today and and become a Uyghur and and travel to Xinjiang and see if you don't think technology can be taken to weird extremes. It's uh, you know it it is really scary and it's and you can see the power. I mean, it's easy to think of the power you have the government could have over certain things, but money <laughs> that's that's pretty essential. Well, uh, from money to opinion. From money yes. to facts, that's goes. Yes. That's Wednesday to Friday, uh, domination by pseudo experts. Uh, that's more on the ongoing story that we've been covering for years now. Uh, you know, it was just a suspicion at first that the government was behind Twitter and Facebook's censorship programs. Well, now it's, uh, as far as I can tell, completely uh, backed up by facts. Right? Yes. But here's the the neat thing about it. It's just amazing. Backed up by facts that nobody appears to care about, except a, a little little thin slice of, you know, if you turn on Fox News, if you read conservative magazines or papers or stuff on Facebook or whatever, yes, you might know some of this stuff. But I heard a story uh, on, I don't know what, what, network whether it's abc or nbc or whatever but the other day and they did have i was kind of amazed that they had a story but twice within like a minute they talked about there was no evidence whatsoever against joe biden none and i'm just thinking well i know some evidence and i think it's decidedly against joe biden and it may not turn out to be a smoking gun or enough evidence to convict him of anything but those are two different things to say there's not enough evidence that he's already been convicted is pretty obvious to say there's no evidence is to be a tool or an idiot. We have seen it in the last election and people don't believe that I, I have, uh, you know, some liberal friends and, and, you know, they're not all monolithic, but, um, but it seems almost like, uh, yeah, whatever. And and it's not that they don't care. They haven't given it enough attention to know if they'd care or not. Why would they? It's a non-story. I know enough. No evidence. Why would I read a story about someone who supposedly did wrong things when I've already been told there's no evidence whatsoever? Well, I'm, I wouldn't read that story except to find out what lie are they telling next? And and that's where we are. And it it's almost like, how do you get upset enough about realizing that it's not just that there's a liberal bias in the media, which you could kind of understand how that would work. More apt to, you know, if you're liberal, your kids are probably more apt to grow up and be a, a reporter than a, a businessman or something. And then if you're conservative, vice versa or something, you can see how that would kind of go that way. But what we have today is, is nightmarish. It's nightmarish. 
and it's and it's on the conservative side too. If if all you watch is Fox and all you you don't want to hear anything that's coming from anywhere else, well, you're getting the same stuff, um, just reversed. And and uh, but it's but I I do think from my you know I I, I used to in the evenings a lot would would surf between MSNBC and CNN and and Fox. I found that to be tedious and and unfun uh, in recent years, but. But every once in a while, I will. And I and I do see a lot more debate between like Fox almost feels a necessity to have a liberal on there. They'll have uh, what's his name from Tennessee, who I kind of like. He's not he's not much of a liberal uh, Ford. Um, I can't think of his first name. His father was a, a congressman and then he was a congressman, but he got out pretty quickly. Um, probably wanted to make some money, uh, honestly. And uh, anyway, and, and it's pretty good. And they have others that, you know, they had Geraldo for a long time, who's who's kind of such a such a loon that, you know, I'm not sure Democrats should come first, but or liberal. But there is some of that. Oftentimes on the others now on CNN and, and MSNBC, the other side's just not ever represented, just not ever, you know, other. Why would you why would you have evil, vicious, terrible horrible rotten people who should probably die or be killed if they won't why would you why would you talk to them I mean, there's a certain logic there i guess but um and it's funny because because uh, fox guy has the same view of, of liberals but they're willing to talk to them you're really scum but let's have a conversation to me every democrat who votes for a politician now has to know that they're on the side of censorship because all the evidence yes. is there. But the first thing is, they kind of, some of them kind of don't. I think what they're that they want to redefine it. They're they're just stopping misinformation. You just can't lie. But yeah, they, just, but you know that's that's the intellectual maturity of a of a newborn. You know politically that to think that somehow you can define what the truth is and then hold everybody accountable to it and it's going to be free. You know and and right. fair. And what they're not realizing is that uh, they have manage to uh, align themselves with an establishment at every point. So there's an establishment opinion that they're always aligning, and they feel good about it because most Democrats really are part of the cognitive elite. They've, they're, the, they're overwhelmingly more than Republicans, graduates from college. Uh, they belong to the professions that depend upon government, often federal government regulations and, uh, yes. and subsidies, uh, or just downright paychecks. And so they've found themselves, when you're the party of government, the party of always for more government, which the Democratic Party has become. Right, right. Uh, and, and you said there's really only one issue that they're really for less government on, that's abortion. And that's only if you... It's don't bring why it's such a powerful issue for them, because it does allow them to play on the other side of the street that they they got to be wondering, what's it like over here? And <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's an interesting world. Interesting time. Uh, it is. It's uh, incredibly scary, but but interesting. Yeah. No, isn't I, that the Chinese curse? May you live in interesting times. Sure, sure. We we live under the Chinese curse. I think that's correct. Uh, I think so. That could be the title. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> tell me. Tell me the exact title right now. The Chinese curse. Okay. Living under the Chinese curse. Living under the Chinese curse. I think that's it. Okay. All right, sir. Thank you much. And I will be in touch. Okay. Talk to you later. 
بعد